Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. Now today, uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, trials and tribulations and how to embrace trials and tribulations. Uh, We're going to be walking through Acts chapter 16, uh, Paul and Silas in prison, but we're also going to be going through James chapter 1 as well, the very beginning. So I'm going to start with James chapter 1 and reading to you about trials and tribulations. I'm going to turn here to it. I should have had it ready to go. Um, About learning trials and tribulations and how God says we should consider it all joy when we face trials and tribulations. Now that seems totally counterintuitive. It sounds like an oxymoron. Why would I want to embrace a difficult situation? Now, as a life coach, a lot of times um, I tell people that um, when we understand the why behind something, it intrinsically motivates us to finish the thing. Um, I'm one of those people that I'm like, okay, why are we doing what we're doing? What's the purpose here? What's the heart behind it? Uh, What's the ultimate goal? What am I trying to achieve? What am I trying to accomplish? Um, So if I say, well, I'm going to work out because I want to lose weight um, or I want to work out because I want to have good health or because I want to be able to get up off the floor when I'm 80 years old, understanding the why behind it will help me be intrinsically motivated to continue with that goal. Now, I say all this because in James chapter one, it doesn't just say consider it all joy, but it goes on to give us the why. What is the purpose behind trials and tribulations? What is the heart of God behind our trials and tribulations? So I'm in James chapter one, verse two. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Falling meaning it wasn't expected. This isn't something I was planning. Nobody likes to fall. Nobody plans to fall. So again, this is something that has kind of injected itself into my life, a trial or tribulation, and God is saying, consider it joy. But then it goes on, it says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, I believe we learn a lot about the heart of God in this, that God does not want us to be lacking the fullness of our design. In other words, there is a perfection that we have, our God ability, our God design, and God is using trials, tribulations, difficulties, hard seasons, to perfect us and bring us into our greatest potential in Christ. Now, that doesn't mean I I find these seasons enjoyable. Now, let's be honest, as a Christian, a lot of times we've learned that we're supposed to be joyful through these tribulations. Um, And there's a difference here between enduring a tribulation and embracing a tribulation. Embracing denotes the idea of having an affection, almost even uh, an anticipation for something. I'm going to embrace something that I have a heart for, whereas enduring is more just a bearing through it. And so as a believer, 
A lot of times we've learned how to endure trials and tribulations. I like to compare that to like a dog enduring a wet bath. I can teach my dog to sit. I can teach my dog to be still, can teach my dog not to shake during a wet bath, but does, that doesn't mean that my dog has an affection or a heart for the bath. In other words, my dog doesn't necessarily embrace the bath. My dog just endures the bath. And I think as a lot of Christian, as Christians, a lot of times what we do is we learn how to endure a trial or a tribulation. And sometimes we learn how to act like we're joyful because we know that's what we're supposed to look like. But the joy that's being talked about in this passage is more about a state of being. And that state of being comes out of a knowledge in every situation that I know, that I know, that I know, that God is using this circumstance for my good and for his glory. That I know, that I know, that I know that God is good. Now, isn't it true when we're in the middle of a trial and tribulation that we hear the enemy say, well, if God was really good, well, where is God for you now? Or why is God allowing this? That is very natural that we have those thoughts, which is why it's so important that we cling to the character of God, that we cling to his goodness, that we have a knowledge of who he is, not necessarily just how he acts. So in other words, clinging to the character of God, that he is the essence of goodness, not just that he does good things. Because if all I believe is that God does good things, then when I'm not experiencing good things, my faith will waver. If I can move beyond the way God works, move beyond his hand and stay focused on his heart, meaning I'm going to move beyond just that he does good things and I'm going to believe that God is good, then that is what's going to carry me through trials and tribulations, especially, uh, especially when I don't feel joy in it, right? Um, and so I want that to be a genuine state of being. So a lot of times when I understand the why behind it, I believe that God is good and that he is doing a good thing in my life and that he is maturing me and that he is completing me. And God loves me enough. He cares more about my heart than he does about this circumstance. In fact, he's using this circumstance to refine my heart, to bring me into the greater portions of who I am in Christ if I have a knowledge of that and I believe that, then I can not just endure it, but I can embrace it, meaning I'm not going to rush it. See, a lot of times we spend more energy begging for God to remove the thing that he's using to refine us. Come on, we've got to have an understanding of how God works in these scenarios. Moreover, we've got to have an understanding and a faith of who he is in the midst of things. I believe that God is good in every circumstance. So I can be walking through a trial, but God is good. I can be walking through a difficulty, but God is good. And I'm declaring that over my life. So I'm declaring, God, I know that in the midst of this trial and this tribulation that you are working all things out for my good and for your glory. And I declare, God, that you are maturing things in my life, that you are completing things in my life. I praise you, God, that you are not willing that I would be left incomplete. But God, you want to bring me into my fullness. You want to bring me into the abundance of who you've called me to be. That's the declaration that I begin declaring in the middle of a trial and a tribulation. Well, this is not always easy. We know that. So I want to flip to Acts chapter 16, and I want to read about Peter and Silas. Now, 
recognize that Peter and Silas have been doing all the right things. They are passionate about the gospel. They're out proclaiming the good news of Jesus. They're doing all the right things according to God. Like they're talking about it. They're healing people. They're ministering um, deliverance to people. Yet they end up in a prison cell. For what? For doing all the right things. Now I say that because um, (laughs) a lot of times religion will tell us that the trials and tribulations in our life are directly connected to bad choices that we're making. Now that can be the case, but it's not always the case. Remember when Jesus told the disciples to put in the boat and to cast out into the lake and, and make it to the other side. They got in the boat, they go across the lake, and while they're in the middle of the lake, they encounter a storm. Now, religion might tell us that they made the wrong decision, that they're not in the will of God. But I would like to propose to you, they were exactly in the will of God. And Jesus actually navigated them right into a middle of a storm, a trial, a tribulation. So a trial or a tribulation is not necessarily an evidence of sin in your life, but it is always an opportunity for your character to be groomed, to be refined. So when we're talking about Paul and Silas, I think in my head, gosh, if this were me, I'd probably been like, oh God, why me? I probably would have been angry. I might've been complaining. I might've been sobbing. I don't know, but I'm not sure I would have been responding the way they were responding. I'm in verse 25, Acts chapter 16, verse 25, and it says this, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Listen to this. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loose. Now I'm gonna pause there because I want us to recognize how a lot of times when we're in a trial or a tribulation, we wait for the breakthrough. We wait for the end of that thing to worship to praise, to honor God, to give thanksgiving, to be grateful, to be the expression of his love. But this passage is saying it was as they worshiped that the breakthrough was actually activated. And so I would like to propose to you that when we are in a trial or a tribulation, again, it's not about the issue, it's about the way the issue is affecting us. How are we responding to the issue? How are we responding to the trial, to the tribulation? Because the breakthrough isn't the end of the trial. The breakthrough is in the attitude that you have towards the trial. Come on, I'm gonna say that again. The breakthrough isn't the end of the trial. The breakthrough, listen, I believe Jesus had a breakthrough in the Garden of Gethsemane when he decided, if it's only in drinking this cup that thy will be done. Look, he had a change of heart. He had a change of mind. Before this, he was begging God, if there's a plan B, remove this from me. But God said it's not about the removal of the thing, about the trial or the tribulation. It's about the shifting of your heart and of your mind. It's about the shifting. It's about the breakthrough in your heart and in your mind. But at midnight, Paul and Silas praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Now, I want you to note that their attitude, their character in the middle of their prison 
probably spoke more than their messages on the streets. The way they, they beha behaved, their attitude, their worship reflected more about who they believed God to be than their words did. Look, they could stand in the streets and say, we believe this about God. We believe this about God. God is this. God is good. God is always working. All of these things. But in the trial and in the tribulation, how they responded is what spoke to those who were listening to them around them. Listen, I'm trying to tell you that it isn't about giving people really good counsel. It isn't about giving people really good advice. It's not about being a really good preacher, making a really good casserole, singing a really good song, having anointing on your life. It's about the character and what people see when you're walking through trials and tribulations. Are you embracing trials and tribulations? Do you fear trials and tribulations? Do you press into those anticipating that God is working something out in me through a trial and a tribulation? Or are you standing up against a wall and begging God to remove the thing from you? Look, I'm not trying to be insensitive. I have walked through some very difficult seasons. Some of you watching this are walking through a very difficult season right now. But I'm telling you that if you tuck yourself into the heart of God and you focus on a creator that is worthy of worship, all of the things around you will begin to become inconsequential compared to that spot. It is about God and what he is wanting to do in your heart because he is good and he is unwilling that you would be left incomplete or immature. And it was in that that they were able to minister to those around them. Listen to me. The prison doors were swung wide open. The very foundations of the prisons that held the people captive were rattled by the character of Paul and Silas. I'm telling you that when you learn to walk in the character of Christ in the midst of trials and tribulation, that not only will rattle the foundations in your life, the foundations of the prisons in your life, it'll rattle the foundations of the prisons and people around you. It will also swing wide their prison doors. It will shatter their chains. It will speak louder than any message you could speak the way you live your life and the way you respond to trial and tribulation. Why? Because I know that God is working all things out for my good, for his glory. He's unwilling that I would be lacking in anything, but he wants to perfect me in Christ. All right, you guys, take some time. Allow the Holy Spirit to bring greater truths to these passages of scripture. If you're walking through a trial or tribulation, ask God to reveal to you, what does it look like for me to worship through this? God, how can I have a breakthrough in the midst of a difficulty? Remember the breakthrough is here and it's here. You are the breakthrough. You carry the kingdom and where the kingdom, kingdom is, there is breakthrough. All right, you guys, that sums it up for today. Remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.